Hallelujah. There we go. Hallelujah. We left off chapter four. We left off. So I want us to start in chapter four. So in the book of Ezekiel chapter four. And what I want to do is I'm going to, hallelujah, have a reader, a mind to read. I want him to go ahead and read chapters um, 14, I mean, 4, Ezekiel 4, 5, 6. Because what I want to do is I want us to tap into the word and just get some revelation through the word. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and have uh, my reader go ahead and read. Hello, go ahead and read for me. Amen. I think, okay, we're ready. She says she's ready to pair. Amen. So let's get this going. Amen. You know, right now, technology is is very good, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I believe I have audio on here, but I'm not for sure. If this one doesn't, I know that I have a version that does. Amen. So we'll go ahead and read uh, here, um, the version here. Because I want it, I want us to read through the through the chapters, Amen. As I'm, I'm breaking down the chapters, Hallelujah, Amen, and glory to God, glory, Amen. So I think you will still be on here. You will still be able to hear. You you will be able to hear as well those that are um, those that are be um, online on the podcast. Because even though I'm on the podcast. Um, you'll still be able to hear as well. And, and, and if you can't hear, um, um, let me know. But I, but I believe that you'll still be able to hear. Amen. As I um, as I read, um, as the Bible begins to read as well. Amen. So we're going to go to the book of Ezekiel and we're going to do start in chapter four. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God is powerful. Amen. Powerful. Amen. So let's go. Ezekiel four. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile, and lay it before thee, and portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem, and lay siege against it, and build a fort against it, and cast a mount against it, set the camp also against it, and set battering rams against it round about. Moreover, take thou unto thee an iron pan, and set it for a wall of iron between thee and the city, and set thy face against it, and it shall be besieged, and thou shalt lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Lie thou also upon thy left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, three hundred and ninety days, so shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Therefore, thou shalt set thy face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and thine arm shall be uncovered, and thou shalt prophesy against it. And behold, I will lay bands upon thee, and thou shalt not turn thee from one side to another, till thou hast ended the days of thy siege. Take thou also unto thee wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and fitches, and put them in one vessel, and make thee bread thereof, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon thy side, three hundred and ninety days shalt thou eat thereof. And thy meat which thou shalt eat shall be by weight, twenty shekels a day. From time to time shalt thou eat it. 
Thou shalt drink also water by measure. The sixth part of an hin, from time to time, shalt thou drink. And thou shalt eat it as barley cakes. And thou shalt bake it with dung that cometh out of man in their sight. And the Lord said, Even thus shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles, whither I will drive them. Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, my soul hath not been polluted, for from my youth up even till now have I not eaten of that which dieth of itself, or is torn in pieces, neither came there abominable flesh into my mouth. And he said unto me, Lo, I have given thee cow's dung for man's dung, and thou shalt prepare thy bread therewith. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, behold, I will break the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they shall eat bread by weight and with care, and they shall drink water by measure and with astonishment, that they may want bread and water, and be astonished one with another, and consume away for their iniquity. Glory to God. Let's stop there. What I want to do is I want to go ahead and break down um, chapter four. Amen. The man of God just read chapter four. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the reading of that word. And for those that don't know, we're in the book of Ezekiel. And one of the things that we must understand is that God was using Ezekiel as the prophet to warn the people. Why? Because they were rebellious against God. That's right. God sent Ezekiel to a rebellious people. You know, when God is going to use us, he uses us according to how he wants to use us. And he knew that he was able to use Ezekiel to go and to speak this word against those that were rebelling against God. Because prior to that, you know, you had Jeremiah that went before. And then afterwards, you had Daniel that went. There were prophets that went before God to tell the people and warn the people of the judgments against their sins. So the reason why God used Ezekiel um, to warn the people is because they was not listening to God. They were a rebellious house, amen, meaning that they rebelled and rebelled over and over again. Yes, God have given us grace. God have given us mercy. But at the end of the day, we must obey what God is telling us. Amen. There was idolatry in the temple by the elders of Israel um, during that time. Amen. Meaning that leaders, we're talking about leaders, even today, leaders are in the house rebelling against God, using other idols against God. Amen. Instead of us doing the will of God, we are rebelling against God because we're making the buildings idols. We're making money idols. We're making everything but doing what God is calling us to do idols and those idols God is not pleased with so that is dealing with idolatry amen when you um idol other things besides God when God has given us a call and given us an assignment we must go forth and do what God has called us to do and if we do not do that we are not only defiling the building the mortal brick and wall but we are also defiling the temple because we are the church we are the house of God with inside of us our temple we need the, um, our temple to be cleansed amen because when our temple is not cleansed it become what defiled and anything that is defiled the holy spirit that sits down inside of us cannot move accordingly because the holy spirit does not operate in mess the holy spirit do not operate in things that are contaminated and things that is out of his will so the holy spirit needs to operate in truth it needs to operate in cleanness holiness 
being set apart, setting our temple apart, meaning that we don't just practice what we eat and put into our bodies, but we practice what we say, we practice what we think. You know, we think things that are good, that are noble, that are praiseworthy. We don't think things that are negative, things that are not life breathtaking. We don't doubt. We don't walk in unbelief. These things defile the temple because it moves us away from faith. And when we don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. So they were breaking and defiling the temple, breaking the Sabbath, not obeying God's laws and decrees. God had given them a direction. God had given them the word and told them what to do and how to do it. And they still disobey God. We're doing the same thing today. We're not obeying God's word. We want to pick and choose what we want to do in God and for God when God is saying no when God has given us a word no matter if we like it or not we have to obey those decrees and declares and the word the laws that God has given us through the men and women of God even a child God can give a word to a child but sometimes because we look at that child because they're a child we don't want to receive that word you know, God is raising up young people. When I say young people, I'm not just talking about those that are in the elementary, those that are in high school. But he's raising up our young adults. And they're coming with power. They're coming with fire. They're coming with anointing because their hearts are right. And God is telling us, oh, those generals, hey, not just move out the way, but I need for you also to instill in them the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge that I have given unto you. Don't worry about fame. Don't worry about if your name being called, don't worry about if you're in the forefront or not. Push them. Push them forth. Let them go forth because I'm giving them something great. I'm giving them something that's going to change the world. That's going to bring deliverance and healing and make a nation made whole. Come on. We must obey God and obey what he's doing in the direction and the vision that he is doing in this day and time. There is so much wickedness. So much wickedness going on. Amen. So much blood shedding. You know, every time you turn on the news, there's been a shooting over here. There's been murder over here, suicide over here. Come on, um, a fire over here, a tornado over here, a hurricane over here, this over there, that over there. Come on. Sometimes, you know, we always say the devil. But don't you know, sometimes God can send some of those things because of our us dis, um, obeying God, not obeying God. God can send judgment. Judgment against those that do not obey him. It does not end back then with the children of Israel because we are the children of Israel. We're the now, the now children of Israel, the chosen people, those that are walking into the dispensation of Jesus Christ. So therefore, even though we're saved by grace and we're saved by the blood of Jesus and no, we don't have to wait for the um, for the priest to go behind the veil and to shed, hallelujah, blood from, from animals. But we can go before God, before the Holy Seat, before his throne of grace and go before him in prayer and supplication. But at the same time, we must also understand that there are consequences when we don't obey God. God chastised those that he loved. Amen. So here is talking about when 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 God see the siege of Jerusalem, amen, because Ezekiel, he was commanded to sketch a drawing on a brick on a tile stone of the city of Jerusalem under siege. See, the prophet was instructed to take an iron pan and set it between him and the city under siege. This direction that was given to Ezekiel, would you be able to do this direction just like how he was given? 
See, God knew exactly the direction that he wanted to give Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had to be obedient and do it exactly how God wanted him to do it. Because at the end of the day, this was going to bring um, God to be able to help those that, come on now, um, Ezekiel obedience help the people of God because God's judgment was against them because of their wickedness, because of how they idolize different things in the temple. And then not just those that are just regular lay members, but I'm talking about leaders. Come on, those that God have picked and chose to look over his people, begin to idolize things and idolize things that was not of God instead of really focusing on the things that God have called them to. You know, a lot of times we focus on the numbers, how many people were sitting in our pews, how much money is coming into the church, you know, and all that old stuff that is not even a big concern because God takes care of the church. God takes care of those that he bring in and take out. Those that he bring in and take out, he's bringing them in for a time as this to raise them up, to send them out, to fulfill the, the, the great commission in the book of Matthew chapter 28 amen when he says to go and make disciples so we get so used to keeping people comfortable in the pews and not pushing them and thrusting them into their purpose and destiny see some believe this pan between the prophet and the city signifies Babylon army as an impenetrable wall that was an inhabitant of Jerusalem cannot escape from but at the end of the day God is to raise between himself and and a Belag city. Amen. Um, because he used Ezekiel as his messenger. Ezekiel was a representative of God. Amen. He was representing God. Why? Because God wanted to turn his people back to him. Amen. So that's why when it says the sign to the house of Israel, the siege will take place. And it did according to the record when you read in 2 Kings chapter 25. And then it began to tell us about how um, Ezekiel began to lay when you read between four um, um, four when the book of Ezekiel chapter four verses four through eight. Amen. It talks about how he had to what lay on his left side and then he, the lay of the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. And then the man of God began to explain in the scriptures how he laid and, and the different things that he laid. But at the end of the day, Ezekiel is told to first lay upon his left side for 390 days and thereby bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. Could we lay on our left side for even one day for one person? Just think 390 days. He had to lay on his left side. Now y'all know when we're laying in the bed, we're tossing from our left to our right. Sometimes laying on our stomach, laying on our back. Sometimes sitting up. Can't really get comfortable. Just imagine God give you an instruction. Lay on your left side for 390 days to take up the bear the iniquity of the people. Are you willing to bear the iniquity of God's people? Are you willing to be on your left side? Amen. For 390 days, meaning are you willing to turn down your plate for 390 days? Turn off the TV for 390 days? Stop eating that chocolate for 390 days? Stop getting your eyelashes done for 390 days? Stop wearing that tie for 390 days? Stop getting your hair cut for 390 days? Come on, y'all. I'm just saying. Are you willing to bear the iniquity of God's people? Ezekiel 
God had a direction to lay on his left side for 390 days just to bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. Next, he was to lay upon his right side for another 40 days. Now, come on now. That's 420 days. 390. Just imagine. I know. I know he. I know he was cramped up on the left side. 390 days. Now y'all know when we lay on our left side and even on our right side. Sometimes we gotta turn to the other side. Sometimes turn to lay on our back, lay on our stomach. But what happened if God told you to lay on your left side for 390 days? Would you be able to do it? Would you remember to do it? Now I know the first couple of weeks you may get thrown off, but when you really, really after and hungering for the things of God, you will lay on that side for 390 days. When God is saying, hey, this is for your family. This is for your children. Your children, children. Come on now. We got to lay on our left side for 390 days just to bear the iniquity of our children, 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 children that is not even here. Are we willing to do it? Thank God for grace because God give us a direction and the directions that God give us. Thank God that they're not so significant like it was back in those days when he gave Ezekiel that 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 direction. This is a direction. So when somebody give you a direction, like somebody may tell you, OK, do a foot soaking for seven days or, you know, take a lemon and, and you know, um, take that lemon and squeeze that lemon for seven days. Why? What is lemon? Lemon is bitter. So God is taking every bitter thing out of your heart, every bitter thing out of your mind, every bitter thing out of, of just you, meaning that 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 is called a direction because God is doing something behind the scenes. So it's not about it being the lemon or how bitter the lemon is. It is the direction that God has given you. Like stuff that is um, bitter. We, we like sweet stuff. And because we like sweet stuff, the first time we even take the suck out of that lemon, we're going to be like, mm, right? So just imagine, that's how God is taking that unforgiveness out of us. Like, mm, he's taking that bitterness out of us. Like, mm, he's taking all that negative stuff out of us. Like, mm. So when somebody's giving you a direction, this is just like Ezekiel. He was given a direction by God. Amen. God didn't just say, oh, lay on your side for 390 days. And then when you lay on your side for 390 days, I'm going to pay you $2,000. No, it wasn't like that. He said to bear the iniquity of the people, meaning that it wasn't even a benefit to Ezekiel. The benefit was to save God's people because God loved his people so much. He was saying that if we can get just one man to be obedient to what I need him to do, maybe I can save, save a multitude of my people because they are a balance people so when you are called to a set of people know that god will use you mightily to bear the sin or the iniquity or transgression of that individuals or individuals so sometimes it may not feel good sometimes it may not be what you want to do but maybe you have to go through that just to bear that for your family or somebody that you may not even know are you willing to die out are you willing to pay the cost are you willing to die when i say die out are you willing to die for your brother and sister now this right here means that you die now because when you can lay on your side for 390 days because god God is giving you that direction to bear the iniquity of your of your sister, of your brother, somebody that probably don't even like you. Come on now. That means that you have died out. Come on now. Count the cost. There is a cost in this. This thing don't come this easy. But at the end of the day, 
God allowed Ezekiel to bear the sin of the house of Israel. Amen. And in him doing that, um, um, Ezekiel had to be faithful, had to be faithful to do exactly that. Then 40 days, he had to lay on his right side. And him laying on his right side, he had the right on his right side to bear the iniquities of the house of Judah. So just imagine laying on your left for the house of Israel and then laying on your right for the house of Judah. Two different houses, two different people. But know that Israel was a chosen people. Judah is praise. So I'm going to be chosen and also praise. Praise going to be my portion because I'm laying on my right side, meaning the right hand of God and receiving praise, receiving the authority of a sound because Judah means what? Praise. Amen. See, Isaiah spoke of Jesus who will bear their iniquity. When you go to Isaiah 53 and 11, amen. But God used Ezekiel to bear the iniquity of the house of Israel by laying on his side for 390 days. And then he bare the iniquity of Judah by laying on his side for 40 more days on the right side. Amen. So just imagine the idea of bearing. When you bear something, you are what? To carry a load. A load that is heavy. A load that may not feel good. A load that even may take you through more, excuse me, H-E-L-L. Hallelujah. Because anytime you're carrying a load, hallelujah, especially of somebody else's trouble, you know it's not going to feel good. Especially when it's iniquity and sin and all that dirty baggage, it's not going to feel good. But God will grace give you the grace to carry that load. When God have called you and chose you like he chose Ezekiel to bear the iniquity of the house of Israel, to bear the iniquity of the house of Judah, God will give you strength to carry that load. Amen. See, Jesus carried the load, amen, of all of our sin. Hallelujah. He didn't have help. He carried the load for everybody. So that we all can have life, amen, and life more abundantly. Jesus carried the load of sin all the way to the cross. Hallelujah. And he didn't just walk to the cross. He was beaten, beaten um, on his way to the cross. He was ratitude on his way to the cross. He was spit on, beat up, beat down on the way to the cross. He was let down, rejected, betrayed on the way to the cross. We're going to be let down, rejected, abandoned, stepped on, spit on to heaven. Come on now. We already, come on y'all. We it's, The load is heavy. There's a penalty, but that penalty have already been paid for. He paid for our sins. Amen. Jesus, he carried the load to Calvary. He paid the final penalty. Amen. For us. So we have something greater. We have an inheritance. And not only that, he gave us a key to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We able to kick in hell door and take back everything that belongs to us. And we don't have to lay on our left side for 390 days. We don't have to lay on our right side for another 40 days. But we do have to reverence and fear the Lord. 
We do have to respect the Lord. We still have to love the Lord. We still must trust the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not to our own understanding. We must continue to worship him, praise him, magnify him. We must continue to lift him up. There is something that we must do in order to receive the inheritance. The most important thing, we must accept him as our Lord and Savior. We must confess that he is our Lord and Savior. We must believe it in our hearts, but confess it with our mouth that he's our Lord and he's our Savior. Amen. So Jesus has played the price. Amen. Likewise, Ezekiel was to symbolically carry the load of Israel and Judah's sin by laying on his side for a total of 430 days. Amen. This was a representation of the number of years they are to be what? Symbolically punished for their sins. Hallelujah. 430 days, Ezekiel took it up. Hallelujah. And bared their iniquity. He lost his wife. Come on. His wife died. Ha! He bared the iniquity. He took up the iniquity, meaning that he went through some hell for them. For people that didn't care nothing about him. They were still practicing um, idol. They were still idolizing in the temple. They were still defiling the temple. They were still breaking Sabbath, not obeying God's law and the decrees. Wickedness was everywhere. But Ezekiel took these 430 days, amen, to bear an iniquity that would have been 430 years. Come on, just imagine 430 years of judgment when one man got sick, was able to bear the iniquity for the 430 days. He was a representation of the number of years, amen, that, he, that they were supposed to face. What do you do when you know that you had to bear something for somebody and they are not even appreciative of it? What do you do when you know you had to carry a load for somebody and they're still out there doing what they're not supposed to do? You just keep praying and believing that God will bring them out. Because remember, 430 years is found in Exodus chapter 12 and 40. As the number of years of Israel spilled in Egyptian bondage. Amen. This was a time of Israel affliction. So God will afflict them. God still was going to afflict them for a period of time. Amen. In captivity. As they were once afflicted in Egypt. Amen. So we know that the time of Judas. Amen. Captivity was 70 years. When you go over to Jeremiah 25 and 11, but however, Israel have been in affliction even before Judah, 70 years began. Amen. Because when you look at the time, it was around 722 BC. Amen. But the fact is this, Ezekiel laid upon his left side, representing sinful Israel for 390 days, as opposed to laying only 40 days for Judah. So that lets us know who was the most rebellious people. Israel. The same people today. Us. Still rebelling against God. We the people of Israel, y'all. And still rebelling. God forbid. Come on. We are chosen people. Jesus has come. We have life. And life more abundant. The blood of Jesus represents us. 
Why are we still letting God down? Why are we still taking God for granted? Like I told somebody today, I said pain had to come in order to welcome in grace. Grace would have never came if pain never knocked at your door first. So pain is always going to be first in our life, but grace will always show up to end it all. Amen. So without pain, grace is nowhere around. But where there is pain, there is grace. Hallelujah. So he only laid 40 days for Judah on his right side, but laid 390 days for Israel. See, Ezekiel is instructed to take a small amount of food and set it beside him for a duration of his bearing the iniquity of Israel and Judah. So even though these 390 days totaling up 430 days, come on now, we're human. So God used wisdom. So it lets us know, let me make it clear. It says he took a small amount of food and set it beside him. For the duration of his bearing the iniquity of Israel and Judah. He was to what? Ration out his daily conception of bread and water, which is an indication of a famine during a siege. So just imagine there is a famine going on. But God will always allow two fish and five loaves to always be in our hands. So he was able to take what he had, the little that he had, and make it work for those 430 days. That's what God is saying to us today. We need to take what we have and make it work. Because we always look at the abundance of things. When we don't even realize we have enough what we need. Matter of fact, more than what we need. And we're looking for more when we have it just like the woman that had the jars. And didn't even know the oil was in the house. Until the man of God came and tell her, go take the jars. And God filled them up with anointing oil. Amen. So do you know the oil that you already have in your house? Do you know the oil that you already have in your life? Be grateful. Be thankful for just the little things. Learn how to take a small amount and set it aside. And make it work itself out during the duration of whatever it is. The time that God gives you to do whatever you need to do. Because God would never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Ezekiel was to bake his bread with human dung as fuel. Ah, are you serious? Come on now. Such an act render bread unclean due to its stink and terrible waste, right? But the two acts, meaning the ration on his food and using human waste as fuel to cook with, were to what? Represent the grievous nature of the suffering during the siege. Now come on y'all. Will we be able to even do anything like this? Ah. He didn't just lay on his side. He had to also do other things. That was not good. That was not impressive. Amen. See Ezekiel was repulsed with the idea of using human dung. To make his bread. And therefore complain to the Lord. That he had never polluted his soul with anything that was unclean. See, God, just like Paul, he always kept a thorn in his side. Why? Because, you know, our pride can just take us somewhere else. When we think that we got it all together, and we think we this and think we that, when really we're nothing. That's why God always kept a thorn in Paul's side. 
He said, my grace will always be sufficient. Because I already know you was one of the best. You was one of the greatest Roman citizens. Very educated. Very noble. So you had everything you needed in the, in, in, the, in the knowledge of man's sense. But now that you're walking with me, you can't be smarter than God. So I got to keep this thorn in your side. To keep you always coming back to me. See, that's why we have that thorn in our side. Not because we've been disobedient, some of us, but some of us have. Amen. But it's to keep us humble. It's to keep us balanced. That thorn in our side is to balance us. It is to keep us humble. Because anytime we think we have arrived and we so anointing, we prophesy, we lay hands, next thing you know is you that's that's calling babies in. It's you that's healing people. It's you. It's you. And it's not you. It's not us. It's God. So that's why he has to keep us humble. He has to keep that throne in our side so that we can stay humble under the mighty hand of God so that he can raise us up. Not that we raise ourselves up. Amen. See, the Lord makes a provision for Ezekiel and allows the prophet to use cow dung rather than what? Human dung to bake his bread. Amen. Hallelujah. So the whole situation was to impress the Jews that witnessed Ezekiel doing this, that they may see the state of desperation their brothers was in. So God always do something to show somebody else. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. It could have been worse or a different situation. But because I love him so much, because he's willing to lay on his side, left side for 390 days. He's willing to lay on his left, right side for 40 days. Let me change it over and use cow's dung. But let me give you some revelation. Dung is man knowledge. You know, dung is representing man's knowledge, man's wisdom. When it's not our wisdom or knowledge. You know, we're basing everything off of human dung, human knowledge, human wisdom. When we need to tap into the mind of God, the wisdom of God, the understanding and revelation of the things of God. But we keep operating in dung, man knowledge, whatever man say. Nowadays, you can go to Google, Google this, Google that, and they come back and say, well, Google said... But what did the Bible say? It is the Bible word, which is the true and living word, not Google. Yes, Google gives some opinions, and there's some information on there that can help us, but you still got to go back and study the scriptures. You still got to go back and make sure that it is God's word, because sometimes it can trick you, it can fool you, it can look like it's God's word. You have a couple words in there that sound like scripture, but when you begin to read down and down, it's not even God's word. And then next thing you know, you preaching you teaching this word that's not of God and now you misleading people with dunk that's dunk hallelujah man's knowledge hallelujah just like back then and uh, when there was a famine when the four lepers remember when they went forward remember they had a famine where people were eating people Come on now, even dunk hallelujah human ways human bodies human beings man knowledge 
Everything man want to do, say. And I'm not just talking about man, woman, boy, or girl. We need to get out of our own intellect, out of our own, but get into the spirit of God. God gives such a revelation and grammar word, logos word to us that sometimes it may not, um, others may not catch on to it. But when you begin to break it down and do the scriptures, the word of God begins to give more revelation so that a person can receive it just like ABCs. Because you have to break it down sometimes in ABC form. Sometimes one, two, three. So that they can get the right revelation and understanding. Hallelujah. Um, I think we're getting close to that hour. But I want to go into chapter 5. Because it illustrates to the shaving of Ezekiel's hair. When he had to shave his head and his beard. Which signified the manner of Judah's destruction. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us read. Hallelujah. I want us to read chapter 5 in the book of Ezekiel. Amen. We're going to go ahead with um, chapter 5 and then I'll break that down and then we'll go ahead and close out. And then throughout um, between tomorrow and Saturday, I'm going to try to come back and, and finish from 6 um, up to um, 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 uh, 12, I mean, excuse me, up to 15 so that we can be right on point on Sunday for um, chapter 16 because we're trying to stay um, in the days of the, of the book. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and let's read. Hallelujah of that. Um, I think I have um, that wrong version. Okay. Okay. I knew that it was that. Okay. So let's go. Ezekiel 5. And thou son of man, take thee a sharp knife, take thee a barber's razor, and cause it to pass upon thine head and upon thy beard. Then take thee balances to weigh and divide the hair. Thou shalt burn with fire a third part in the midst of the city, when the days of the siege are fulfilled. And thou shalt take a third part and smite about it with a knife. And a third part thou shalt scatter in the wind, and I will draw out a sword after them. Thou shalt also take thereof a few in number and bind them in thy skirts. Then take of them again and cast them into the midst of the fire, and burn them in the fire. For thereof shall a fire come forth into all the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set it in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her. And she hath changed my judgments into wickedness more than the nations, and my statutes more than the countries that are round about her. Mm-hmm. But they have refused my judgments and my statutes. Mm-hmm. They have not walked in them. Yes. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. Mm-hmm. Because ye multiplied more than the nations that are around about you. And have not walked in my statutes. Neither have kept my judgments. Neither have done according to the judgments of the nations that are round about you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against thee, and will execute judgments in the midst of thee in the sight of the nations. And I will do in thee that which I have not done, and whereunto I will not do any more the like because of all thine abominations. Therefore, the fathers shall eat the sons in the midst of thee, and the sons shall eat their fathers, and I will execute judgments in thee. And the whole remnant of thee will I scatter into all the winds. Wherefore as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because thou hast defiled my sanctuary with all thy detestable things, 
and with all thine abominations. Therefore will I also diminish thee. Neither shall mine eyes spare, neither will I have any pity. A third part of thee shall die with the pestilence, and with famine shall they be consumed in the midst of thee, and a third part shall fall by the sword round about thee. And I will scatter a third part into all the winds, and I will draw out the sword after them. Thus shall mine anger be accomplished, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be comforted. And they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal, when I have accomplished my fury in them. Moreover, I will make thee waste, and a reproach among the nations that are round about thee, in the sight of all that pass by. So it shall be a reproach, and a taunt, and instruction, and an astonishment unto the nations that are round about thee. When I shall execute judgments in thee in anger and in fury and in furious rebukes, I the Lord have spoken it. When I shall send upon them the evil arrows of famine, which shall be for their destruction, and which I will send to destroy you, and I will increase the famine upon you, and will break your staff of bread, so will I send upon you famine and evil beasts, and they shall bereave thee, and pestilence and blood shall pass through thee. And I will bring the sword upon thee. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Ezekiel 6. And the word of the Lord came up. Ezekiel 6. And the word of the Lord came up. of Israel, and prophesy against them, and say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains, and to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys, Behold, I, even I, will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places, and your altars shall be desolate, and your images shall be broken, and I will cast down your slain men before your idols, and I will lay the dead carcasses of the children of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones round about your altars. In all your dwelling places the cities shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, that your altars may be laid waste, and made desolate, and your idols may be broken and cease, and your images may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. And the slain shall fall in the midst of you, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Yet will I leave a remnant that ye may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations when ye shall be scattered through the countries. And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations whither they shall be carried captives because I am broken with their whorish heart which hath departed from me and with their eyes which go a-whoring after their idols. And they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord and that I have not said in vain that I would do this evil unto them. Thus saith the Lord God, Smite with thine hand, and stamp with thy foot, and say, Alas, for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, but they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. He that is far off shall die of the pestilence, and he that is near shall fall by the sword, and he that remaineth and is besieged shall die by the famine. Thus will I accomplish my fury upon them. Then shall ye know that I am the Lord, when their slain men shall be among their idols round about their altars, upon every high hill, 
in all the tops of the mountains and under every green tree and under every thick oak, a place where they did offer sweet savor to all their idols. So will I stretch out my hand upon them and make the land desolate, yea, more desolate than the wilderness toward Deblath in all their habitations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just read through chapter six and seven because we're going to close out. And I wanted to briefly just give us just a summary of what the Lord God is speaking through his word. Amen. Hallelujah. As we just talked about the dissolution of the land and destruction of those that were continue to idolize the different things that was against God. So he called them um, idols, those that um, idolatry. And it says here, though Ezekiel was in Babylon, God tells him to face west. So this is another direction that he's giving him, amen, towards Israel. Hallelujah. So as he's facing west towards Israel, he says, now speak as though they could hear him. See, God gives us direction. Sometimes you don't have to be in that present place right there with the people. You can be in your own place of prayer. You know, like I said, we have our own altars, not demonic altars i'm talking about a place where we go and seek the true and living god our lord jesus christ we shouldn't have to wait to come to the church building just to be in the presence of god the glory of god jesus christ needs to be not only in your brick and mortar in your house he needs to be within you because the spirit of god is in you so you need to make sure that your altar the spirit of god is with you 24 7 so when he gives you direction you can speak those things out in the atmosphere decree and declare thing as he gives to you even though you may not be in that location but the authority that god have given us the power and authority to speak because he said let there be when he began to create the heavens and the earth he said let there be and it was what light and everything that he said let there be to light came to uh, darkness came to light everything that was for excuse me void and nothing became to something so the same authority that jesus i mean the lord god has we have that same authority because he is inside of us. When Jesus left, he said, I will leave you a comforter, the Holy Spirit, the glory of God. So that means that God is in us, meaning that we are living in the image of God. Whatever we say and to whatever earthly thing, he says that we to what? Be fruitful, to multiply. Amen. To speak and to be over every creepy thing in the earth. And meaning that we can speak to anything in the earthly realm. And it has to move. It has to shake. No matter what hemisphere, stratosphere. Um, um, hemisphere that we may be on we can speak it and that's what he told Ezekiel say it just like they hear you like when you're preaching even though you got one person in the room you better preach like you got a million even though you don't have nobody in the room you better preach and teach like you got a zillion hallelujah I don't even think that's a, a number but a billion hallelujah glory to God you better preach like never before you better let the spirit of God come out of you even if you have to serve it you better serve like you got a multitude of people helping you glory to god you gotta smile to everybody you gotta love on everybody you gotta thank everybody you gotta receive everybody you gotta serve everybody you gotta do it like it's a million of you hallelujah when it's only one of you you still gotta show love you still gotta serve you still gotta show joy you still gotta be that um helpful 
hand to somebody, speaking life to somebody, even while you're serving, packing the food, serving the food, giving the food. You still got to be everything to somebody, loving them, talking to them kind, all these things. You better do it like this is your last time. Do it like it's a million, a billion. He said to what? To, to, to say it like they hear you. Because you saying this out loud is going to really help these people be saved. Because what they're doing, they don't even realize, like, my judgment is against them. And you can't be right there where they are right now because what I'm going to do to them right now, glory to God, is only your voice that's going to save them. So I need you to turn west. I not turn east, not turn north or south. I need you to turn west and face Israel. Hallelujah. And speak as though they can hear you. Amen. See, Judah was guilty of idolatry too. And their rejection of Jehovah God had pecked the Lord's anger as well. Amen. But the Lord would bring a sword upon Judah and destroy the altars of idolatry. Amen. So he did um, Judah a little different. But the way that he did Israel, hallelujah, was a little different from how he did Judah. But his judgment was still against both of them. Amen. So when we look at this, we look at this and, and say that Judah had gods that what number that murmur that numbered as the streets of city, amen, altars, amen. Just like when you go to different places and there are different statues and people are are are, are worshiping statues. You know, people worship their shoes. People worship people. People worship apostles and pastors and men and women of God. They worship them like they're their God. We're not God. We're just servants of God. God is in us. We're little gods. God is the big God. And we'll always be the big God. And we'll always be the one who is the all-sufficient God and the one who is the giver, the taker, and all God. But at the same time, people will worship people. you got to be careful. When people begin to throw, give you the glory, give it back to God. Because pride is so sneaky. It sneaks up. Because even though you say, oh, I give God the glory, but when people keep on saying, oh, you healed me. Oh, you did this for me. No, God healed you. God set you free. It was God. He just used me. But we sometimes so innocently let people lift us up. And when they begin to lift us up, next thing we know, pride is in the way. And then the next thing we know, they're idolizing us. We become their idol. And then the first time that they are offended, they leave God. Because when they leave the church, the brick and mortal, they leave God. When you're not here to worship God, I mean, worship people. You're not here to worship the man or woman of God. You're here to worship the God that's in them. Your true and living God, Jesus Christ. Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Not worship me. Not idolize me. But follow me, meaning follow my teachings. Follow my way. Follow my directions. Follow my words, my teachings. Because you hear Christ. You hear God's word. So you're obeying God's word. You're obeying the direction through my voice because you're hearing God's word. You're obeying the direction of what I tell you to do. Okay, seek God, pray, do this, do that. Because it's God. It's nothing about us. But Judah had gods that numbered the streets of the city. Even altars to burn incense until Baal. Amen? So abundantly, this idolatry that Judah called out to Baal is God. They use Baal as their God. Amen. Even Hosea keeps records. And it says in Hosea um, 2 and 16. And it shall be in that day, said Jehovah, that they shall call me Isha and shall call me no more Bala. So they already had it in mind. They're changing the name. 
But where is God? See, the Lord's wrath would be poured out upon the idolater worshipers and their bodies were laid dead next to their gods. They put in trust in those who would survive such an ordeal would be those that only represent and worship the true and living. I am Jehovah God. Amen. The power of Jehovah God display uh, all things because it gives us life. Amen. And it's an indication of his omnipotence, his omnipresent and his omniscient. Amen. So we should worship Jesus Christ, our living God. Amen. Not idols. Amen. Because God said a remnant will be saved. Those that will turn away from their idols. Amen. So there will be a fragment of Judah's population that will be spared from the wrath of God. See, Judah's heart and eyes, meaning their internal senses, had been moved to idolatry by their lustful desires. What are your desires? Do you have some lustful desires? You should not have lustful desires because that is against God. See, when they see all that Jehovah proclaims to come to pass and recognize that they have been spared, they will truly loathe themselves in their own sight. Meaning, these are the fruits of repentance. Because sometimes God must bring us people low so that we can repent. Sometimes we have to go to a place of being low and really knowing what it's like being high in God. Not high in our own selves, not high in our own wisdom, not high in our own money, education, power, prestige. But sometimes we got to lose some things in order to really know that God is real. Like I said, we got to go through some pain, y'all. You know, he said, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. We don't want to suffer. We want it right now. We want the anointing. We want everything that we see right now. But there's a cost. There's a cost to be the boss. I always say that. There's a cost to be the boss in Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking about not the boss meaning the boss because he's the boss. But I'm talking about being able to come against every adversary that tries to come up in your life. Amen. There's a cost to it all. Amen. See, God's wrath has to come upon Judah for a purpose. It is not vain. See, the purpose is to reveal in the uh, to reveal that they may be moved to loathe themselves because of their sins. Amen. So this same formula was also used with Jeremiah when he gives regarding um, the punishment again to Judah. Amen. When you read in Jeremiah chapter fourteen, amen, and twenty one, and chapter twenty seven, and chapter twenty nine. See, Jeremiah also spoke of the siege of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So God will bring the sword, meaning the pestilence, the famine, through siege to Judah because of their sin. Amen. See, when Judah saw that all God said had now come to pass, they will proclaim, we know that this is the work of Jehovah. Jehovah alone is God. We are ashamed of our action. You know, a lot of times we come to, we, we're, we're, we come to our senses, like, like, like the prodigal son. He came to himself. He came to himself. He wasn't forced to come to himself to go back home. He came to himself because he realized that what he did was foolish. Amen. See, Judah judged, they were judged for their love of money. When you go to chapter 7, as, as the man of God began to read, 
It says, Moreover, Jehovah came unto me, saying, And thou, son of man, this says the, the Lord God Jehovah unto the land of Israel, and the end is upon the four corners of the land. Now is the end upon thee. I will send my anger upon thee and will judge thee according to thy ways. And I will bring upon thee all abominations, and my eyes shall not spare thee, neither will I have pity. But I will bring thy ways unto thee, and thy abomination be in the midst of thee, and you should know that I am Jehovah. Jehovah. Amen. See, the whole of the kingdom of Judah, amen, with this capital city of Jerusalem would be affected by God's judgment against it. So when you're in the midst of something, if you're a part of that thing, you're also going to be affected. Amen. So that's why we got to be careful what our surroundings is. You may not be that product, but if you be in the environment for a long, for a long time, you become the environment. I mean, you become the product of that environment. So that's why you got to be careful on the environment that you're in, the, the, the places that you're in, the people that you're listening to, what you're allowing your ears to hear, your eyes to see, what you're allowing your fingers to touch. That's why we have different senses. Amen. Our senses should be something that is what a savior unto God. We have to be very careful on how we allow our senses to be handled because they can't be handled any kind of way because it can contaminate and affect us. Amen. Amen. So that's why in there it just said the end is come, meaning that it illustrates God's patience and long suffering with Judah have ended. See, God give us grace. Yes, he does. But mercy runs out. See, it comes a time, parents, when your children grow old enough to be able to come to their true and living God. So I know we pray and we're going to continue to pray. But God is going to hold every last one of us to our own when judgment day comes. So all we got to continue to do is tell them what's right. Not just become nagging and provoking, but telling them by living a lifestyle that they can see truth. And then begin to tell them when they're wrong. Amen. Asking God, Lord God, tell me and teach me how to talk to my children, to talk to my young men, to talk to my young women. Now that they're grown, now that they're adults. So that they would not miss you. So that they would not be judged. Amen. According to their wickedness. Amen. Because God is tired. He was patient and long suffering enough with Judah. But he was tired. Amen. So after a while. Come on. Jeremiah preached for 23 years. That they may repent. Amen. But however, they rejected the voice of God. People is going to reject the voice of God. You tell people, God said this, God said that. You tell people, God said do this, God said do that. But they look at the messenger and they're looking at you on the outside, but they're not hearing God. And what happens is they miss God and God begins to judge them because they thought what you said was just something that just came out of a, a cereal box, like a, a, a toy or a prize, when really it was the word of God. So we have to be very very careful because when God is speaking to us or speaking to us through somebody we must make sure that we're rightfully dividing the word we're rightfully judging the word but at the end of the day we better know that we're hearing God amen because sometimes we don't like the deliverer of the word we don't like who they are we don't like their appearance but he said don't be caught up on their appearance Amen. Don't be caught up in nobody's appearance. Don't be caught up in how they look, their structure. Amen. Their structure. But know that it's me. Hear them by my spirit. Hear them by my love. Hear them by who I am. Amen. 
But they were still, still, even when Jeremiah was preaching 23 years. Come on, we got some generals out here, some soldiers out here that's been out here preaching and teaching for so long. And people are still, come on now, um, serving God shorthanded. And you're saying, Lord, when are they going to come to their senses? Listen, you've done your part. Good and faithful servant. Keep preaching the truth. One day, one day, I pray that they receive it, they get it. But if they don't, God's judgment would be against them. Amen. That's not something that I'm saying, but it's the word of God. This is what God was saying. I'm tired. I've been patient long enough. Still today, 2022, even after COVID, even after the pandemic, epidemic, whatever demic, we still rebel against God. Now we don't even come into the church building. Because we say, oh, COVID, oh, monkeypox, oh, this, oh, that. But we still go to work. We still go partying. We still go to Walmart. We still go to the thrift store. I'm just saying. But when it comes time to come to the building, oh, I'm going to come next week. Oh, I'm going over here. Then you got people run over here, run over there, and a prophet over here, and a prophet over there. Hey, we balance house. We balance people. That's not God. You need to get in the place and get fed so that you can move out. To do what God is calling you to do. You have to get it. Because there's work need to be done. And you are called to do that work. Some of the work can be done without you. But you get so caught running over here, running over there, worrying about what they say, who they say you are, who they say, what they say you can't be, who you can't be. Who did God say you could be? Who did God say you are? Know your I amness. I talked about that on Tuesday. Know your I amness. Know what you were created to be. We were made through creation to be creators, to create something that is something that sometimes can be just almost impossible, but it's possible because we are creators. Because we live in the image of God. He is the creator. So he gives us the ability to create because he's the creator and we're behind him. Creating what he wants us to create with these hands that he's given us with his mind, with his heart, with this, with our spirit. So at the end of the day, Judah was judged according to their ways. Amen. They must fix themselves and be accountable for what they do. Amen. So God had, had gone to do greatness to save his people, yet they rejected him. God still, look, Second Chronicles um, chapter 36, read it when you get a chance. He went out of his way. Jeremiah chapter 25, the day of judgment refers to a day of tumult and not a joyful shouting. Because when that day comes, it ain't going to be cookies and cream. When that day comes, it ain't going to be praise the Lord, hallelujah. When they did come to like, Lord, forgive us, Lord, forgive us, please, Lord, have mercy on me. When God has given us chance after chance, chance after chance and more chances, and we continue to do the things that we shouldn't be doing. See, that the wicked would not be spared in God's judgment. The Lord will have no pity on those who reject repentance for lust. We're lusting too much after things that are not even going to bring life. We're lusting after things that is not going to even get us into the kingdom of God. And we're lusting after things that's not even going to get us the crown of life. You should want to be striving for the crown of life. I want the crown of life. I don't want things. I don't want money. I don't want those things. I want the crown of life. God going to make sure I have the money that I need to do what I need to do in the kingdom of God. Doing what I'm doing for the kingdom of God. For his people. For my family. For the things that I need for me. But I'm content with what I have. I'm not basing things off of things. I'm not basing things off of what I feel I can do and what I can get because I can do and get nothing without God. 
I done been there where I thought that I could make it happen. I can't make it happen without God. It's only God that make it happen. So I'm living by faith every day. But my faith has been activated because I'm working my faith. I'm telling myself, no, this is what I'm going to accomplish today. This is what I'm going to do today. Let me put my foot down. This is what I'm going to do. So I'm speaking to my footsteps. I'm speaking to my feet. Let my feet know I'm going here. And then when I get here, in Jesus' name, this is what God already has for me. Signed, sealed, and delivered. So all I got to do is get there. Because God has already established our footsteps. We just got to get there and obey God. So don't allow lust to take you away from God. See, when the Lord strikes with um, with his mighty hand, amen, he said, you would know that I am Jehovah, amen. Because when God begins to do what he do, come on now, it does not feel good. I don't know about you. I've been chastised, chastised plenty um, by God to get me where I'm at today. I told you there's a cost. There's a cost to be the boss. Jesus is the boss, but I'm saying underneath the boss, amen. It's a cost to use the anointing of the boss. Amen. It's a cost. You're going to lose something, lose somebody, even lose yourself. Hallelujah. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Glory to God. It is worth it. It is worth it. Amen. So at the end of the day, we must know that we must obey God because the rod of God. Amen. It does not feel good. Amen. Those who buy and sell for gain have nothing to rejoice over. All things will be dissolved. Amen. We're looking so much into our money, doing this, doing that. And at the end of the day, it loses value. It loses its value. You go buy a $100,000 car, it's nice. But after a while, you go trade it in, you won't get that value. Even if you go, it's so easy to go buy something with your money. But when you try to go return it, you have all difficulties. But when they was when you was buying it, they took your money nicely, friendly. But if you try to return it, you're going to go through some things. You may not get your money back. It may be a 30-day return, maybe exchange, or maybe it's as is. So there's a cost in buying. But thank God that there's not a cost when Jesus is buying. Amen? So we should not be so caught up in our money. We must be freely, be willing to freely give. Be supportive of the things of God. Be supportive of those that you know that are working in the kingdom of God. Help those that are working in the kingdom of God. And those that are working in the kingdom of God also ask God to give you those resources to be a blessing to those that's in the kingdom of God. So that if they are hungry, we'll be able to feed them. If they need this, we'll be able to do this. Amen. We must look out for one another. Amen. But they was willing to, all they wanted to do was sell for gain. They were thinking about just gaining for themselves. They was looking about just all about them. They weren't thinking about the kingdom of God. They want to see how the kingdom of God can advance. See, we only want to advance ourselves, advance our careers, and advance our jobs and who we are, just so people can call our name and know that we're this and we're that. When at the end of the day, when Jesus comes, none of that's going to matter. Advance me to have the crown. See me wearing my crown. Hallelujah. Not, not being queen, but I'm talking about my crown of life. See that the crown of life is on my head. And then I'll be able to step out and say, hey, I got my crown of life. Hallelujah. Because I've done right. I haven't been perfect, but I've done right. Amen. So God continued to warn them because at the end of the day, God has spoken to his prophet. And the truth means that whatever God says, it shall come. Amen. So in closing, I want to talk about a little bit about reality. See, reality now hits the shame-filled hearts of the hopeless sinners of Judah. They realize that no amount of money would be able to save them from now. I don't care who you are. You can have all the money in, your, in the world. 
But your money ain't going to save you and your money ain't going to get you your crown. Now, your money may get you the front seat in, 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 in power and prestige. It may be in an estab establishment and brick and mortar somewhere in a, in a business, in a church or whatever. But I'm talking about the crown of life. It, it, you, your money can't buy this. And even those that you see that have money, guess what? They have no joy. The light is not even shining in them. And they're looking at you. And you say, well, why are you looking at me? Do you know what I'm going through? You got all the money. No, don't have that spirit. They're looking at you because your light is shining bright. Go over there and witness to them. A lot of times when we see people staring at us, the first thing we say is, why are they looking at me? Why are they staring? Because you shining. You bright. The glory of God is on you. They see something that's not even in their life. And you don't even know you may be a lifesaver to them. So maybe you need to go and say, hey, how you doing? May God bless you. How everything going? Um, um, I hope everything is going all right. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Then from there, they're going to go into what they're talking about. The next thing you know, they're going to be talking about what they're going through. You're still listening. You're still there. And then you just say, you know what? They give you that opportunity. The red light come on. And well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Then you begin to testify. Talk about where Jesus brought you from. Then next thing you know, they're out there. They're crying. They're ready to repent. They're ready to bring themselves back to God and then you don't even know but we're looking at them because they got a lot of money oh let's see if we can get them in a church oh let's see if we can get them on our team oh they got this they got that they're going to be a blessing to us oh no it's not even about the money because they can have all the money in the world but if they ain't got light they don't have nothing I need some light you got money bring the light too I need the light because I need power I need glory I need the fire of God money ain't going to do everything hallelujah I need the fire, the glory, and the heart, and the love of God in you. Amen. The money, yes, it helps, but your love is even better. Because you have all the money, but if you ain't got no love, you ain't going to do nothing but bring um, problems to me. I need your love. Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. So in closing, the riches of Judah will be given into the hands of Babylon. Amen. And so history records that event. Hallelujah. So the change signifies the captivity in Babylon. Amen. For those that survived, but those that did not survive, there was what balance. Amen. Balance. Amen. For the worst of the wicked men. Amen. They were destroyed. But Judah's pride was apparently in their riches. See, a lot of times our pride is in our riches. What we have a big house, a big car, a big ministry, a big this, a big that when it's not even ours. Our pride needs to be, first of all, not pride, but we need to be humble under the mighty hand of God. And our humility should be thankfulness and gratefulness in God that we even have life and breath and the ability to even sound the alarm and decree and declare a thing. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So when destroying the army of Babylon comes to the people in fear, we'll want peace. However, no peace will be offered. Why? Because they were walking in disobedience. Amen. Breaking the Sabbath, defiling the temple, not obeying God's law and decrees, wickedness, bloodshedding, glory to God, not listening to God, being a rebellious people. Amen. See, Jehovah is just in his wrath for people who have sinned. So, but God is also worthy. Amen. So here we see in chapter six and seven, what I just went through. The pictures of God's judgment against Judah, one of the panic and shame. The Lord states, now is the end upon them. Anytime God says the end upon you, hey, you better watch out because that means there's going to be some tumult. It's going to be something that's going to be wicked, something that's going to be, whoo, Jesus, Lord God, please don't let that come upon us, Lord. Forgive us of any of our sins, Lord God, that we have done to you, Lord God. Please don't let your anger or wrath be upon us, oh God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, oh God. 
See, with each stroke of God's hands against a rebellious people, the rumors of destruction and horror came to the ears of others and produced terror. See, sometimes you ain't got to worry about it because what you hear that what God has done in somebody else's life, it brings you to your senses. Because COVID-19 brought everybody to their senses. But now everybody done got comfortable and nobody really wants God. Everybody's back to their same old thing. But that like that should have brought you to your senses. Glory to God. Not because of the deaths, but because you had to see your inside, who you really was. But some of us has reverted back and really pushing God out. Amen. They were to die by the sword. They were to die by famine and pestilence. Amen. Everything that Judah had would be taken away. Just imagine everything you don't work for. Everything you don't gave, gave. The time, the sweat, the energy, your brains, your wisdom, your everything. And then it'd it be taken and given to somebody else. Come on. Because of your disobedience. God will do just that. God has given a lot of us a vision. We have not uh, uh, fulfilled the vision. And we're looking now at some of the young people. We're looking now at some of the people that are moving forward. We're saying, wait a minute, they're not educated. Wait a minute. They don't have their doctor. Wait a minute. They ain't been in church longer than me. Wait a minute. They ain't been doing ministry longer than me. Wait a minute. This, that, they, me, me, me. First of all, the reason why is because you keep saying me, me, me. It's not about you. They have a heart for God. And they have moved their me out the way and allowed God to be their God. They allow God to be their engine, to push them in purpose and destiny. And the reason why you have lost everything and the reason why the anointing is not moving like it used to move and you're using other people's anointing by working under the corporate under the corporate anointing and, and people thinking that it's your anointing and really your anointing has been smothered because of your disobedience. Your disobedience, but you still want to proclaim to be this and proclaim to be that. When you need to proclaim Jesus. Not you. It's not about you. Amen. It's not about who you think you are. That's the problem. That's why they died to the sword. That's why famine came. That's why there was pestilence. Amen. Because of their pride. Because of their own strength. Because of their own money. Their own power. Their own prestige. Amen. Because of their own silver and gold. They became a stumbling block. So even when Ezekiel began to speak, they was deaf. They couldn't hear because they put their money, their power, prestige, and things, and buildings, and brick and mortar before God. And anytime we put those things before God, we become deaf. And then we're wondering why we don't hear God. We wonder why God is not moving because you have put your things and yourself before God. You have made yourself an idol in God. Amen. So they have put their trust in their wealth. Their money was the rock of offense that caused them to stumble and sin against the Lord. So when they saw their money could not save them, they cast it forth in the streets of the city, though it was unclean thing of shame. So people are going to come and help you here and there, pay this and pay that, because they think that this going to get them out of whatever the, the judgment God has. But let me tell you something, that won't get you out. You got to come into full, true repentance. Repentance. This is what's going to get you out. You can give all your money away. You can give all your houses away, all your cars, give all, give everything away. But you got to come into true repentance unto God. When you come into true repentance of God, then God will lift, will lift that off of you. Not your money, not your power, not your prestige, not name dropping. Amen. It was too late. God's judgment was against them. Amen. And there will come a day. There will become a day now. Amen. 
There will become a day when all mankind shall be raised from the dead. Just like Acts 24 and 15. Each and every last one of us will be judged according to our works. Amen. Revelation 20. Hallelujah. 12. See, God's wrath or reward would be rendered to every according to his work. Romans 22, 5 and 6. Not my works, not your works, your own works. So you can't come and render from my works. I can't come and render from your works. You got to work your works. Amen. Amen. We would not we would not be able to successfully justify our sinful nature to God due to works. Because you know better. You know the stove hot, but you're still touching it. You know that's not the right way to go, but you're still going. You know that's not the right thing to listen to, but you're still listening to it. Amen. So the things you accumulate on this earth would not save you at all. Amen. The friends that you have, they would not save you. The things, the money, power, prestige, it would not save you. Amen. Only thing that will save you is the blood of Jesus. Only thing that will save you is truly repenting unto the Lord God. Amen. Because we know that the devil has his devices and he used them against us. And one of the ways he uses against us is money, offenses, power and prestige. Amen. Even Paul said, but they that are minded to be rich fall into temptation and snare many foolish and hurtful lusts. Such draw men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of kind of evil, which some reaching after have led astray from the faith and have pierced themselves through many sorrows. Amen. First Timothy 6, 9-12. So Paul even lets us know the love of money is a root of kinds of, e of evil. So in closing, amen, and we come back, chapter 8, when God begins a vision given to Ezekiel where he sees the abomination of Judah. Amen. This is when he began to get another direction, dig a hole in the wall and behind the wall what he's going to see. And this is not just with ordinary people, but these are with leaders, those that call themselves men and women of God, sons of God, children of God, saying that they're operating in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So God bless everybody. We thank you for joining us. Sorry that we kept you, but this word had to come forth. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I believe that this is a good teaching for us all because we're understanding God's word. Amen. In the book of Ezekiel, this is the right timing to begin the understanding and rightfully dividing the book of Ezekiel because we're living in these times right now. Amen. And so we want to, we're praying that the Lord God saves us, that he does not put his judgment against us, that he shows us according to his way and what we need to do and how we need to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just want to um, anybody out there that know Christ but haven't accepted them as their as he accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right now you can come to Him freely, repent, accept Him in your heart, confess with your mouth, accept Him in your heart that He is your Lord and Savior. May He deliver you and set you free and forgive you from any sin that you may have committed unto Him knowingly or unknowingly, and ask Him to forgive any of anybody that have done you wrong. Let forgiveness come in your heart right now, and that God divinely send you those that can push you forth in your purpose and destiny, but that God open up your understanding as you begin to study and rightfully divide the word of God as you begin 
to open up the Bible, the Lord, the Spirit of God begins to give you revelation and help and allow you to be able to read the scriptures and the scriptures become live in your life and that you have an understanding and that the Lord God will place your feet in the right place divinely so that your ministry um, that can go forth and what God will have you to do. And I pray for every marriage. I pray for every child, boy and girl. I pray for every leader and everybody under the sound of my voice. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God cover you. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. May the angels continue to encamp around you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, we will continue to praise you, magnify your name. We thank you for this word, Holy Spirit, that you've released through your servant. And I thank you that it's falling on good ground, that the hearts are changed, the hearts are repentant, coming to you, true repentance. And I thank you, Lord God, for bringing life and life more abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Thank God for your life. Thank God for you joining us. Until next time. Hallelujah, the God is willing. We'll meet you back here at 8.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here in the sanctuary. We are open in person, not just podcasting. Hallelujah, we're in the house, amen. For those that don't have a church home, those that are looking, and even leaders, your church may start about 10.30, 11 o'clock. You're welcome to come here. We're here from 8.45 to 10.30. Come and get what the Lord may have for you to go back to your various ministries. We would love to have you. May God bless you. We're located at 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, that is Fairfield, Ohio, 45014, Soar International Outreach Network. I am Lady Apostle. God bless you and those that, that is also providing for your family and those that may be in need or refer somebody. Glory to God. May God bless you in Jesus' name. God, thank you for joining us. Love you. And guess what?